So after our last episode of our, I don't know what you call it, like a podcast, this is really made for audio. Nonsense. We had a lot of positive response, a lot of comments, a lot of questions. So we thought we'd do another one. First comment, three guys, one cup, love the episode. Mm-hmm. How much of this can you see, by the way? I can see your balls. A fair bit. I can see your balls. It's like, I don't know, like here. So, my hands like the Trump style, you're going to give me a shot. Probably. Yeah, but you've got to do Trump it quite style. wide to get us all in. Right? You can't power. have it up here. That's the power diamond. <laughs> the DDP. He just hits it like this the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> nice shirt, by the way, Jordan. Fresh off the uh, press. This is a, um, it didn't come out quite how I wanted it, but it's just a bit of a, a demo top at the moment, just a ex- bit of an experiment. So, you may see them in the shop soon. Stickers, do you people like those stickers, 2K Barrel? Definitely a toolbox one. A lot of people are asking why your name is Broomy. Uh, What's the, what, what is the uh, big story behind the, the nickname? Uh, no big story, just like um, a lot of other people's nicknames in Australia, where um, someone with John is Jono or Pete is Petey or something like that. It's just a shortened abbreviation with a Y on the end of my surname. So. Huge. Huge. Yeah. Revelation, that one. <laughs> That's it. That's true. I'm not the only Broomy. There is everyone in my uh, family, extended family would be known as Broomy. So if we were going to get, get together and you called everyone Broomy, you'd have plenty of people looking around. They should invest in this channel. Been following it for a long time, but there's not much growth like 1320, Hoonigan, Donut Media. Honestly, it's really dry and boring. We, we need, we need don't dis- investment Don't disagree. We, we don't should. Disagree. Uh, we should. <laughs> so I think, uh, so Donut Media, um, yeah, great, great channel. Um, all great channels. Yeah, all those are great channels. But I mean, one, well, there's <laughs> one thing that, you know, this viewer probably doesn't realise, not one of us actually works full time. On, 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 on full booth. On full I booth. definitely work full time. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm... I'm I'm going to see what happens with a channel like Donut Media uh, in the future with copyright laws as well, yes, um, because yes. those guys uh, really enjoy just stealing everyone else's content and making their videos essentially based off stealing everyone else's content. Yeah. Like, which, like what we do with Bench Talk. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah, I mean, exactly. But I mean, the, the copyright laws are a bit sucky. They're though. getting worse yeah. and worse and worse. Like we can't. Yeah. There's things that when I edit Bench Talk, I want to put in a five second snippet that I think is funny. I can't do it. It'll come up and say, "Oh, the whole video has been flagged. Remove it." Yeah. And a lot of people are saying, like, you know, instead of saying, say, the f word, we might just say effing because that comes up again. A lot of people who don't have a channel yeah. probably don't realize now. There's all these things going on in the back end, like now. If you want to monetize a video, or even if you don't, yep. you have to tell them what sort of profanity level is in this video. Yeah, YouTube computer. And you can't just go, ah, there's, there's no... Even if you put um, swearing in and actually put a sensor beep in, it considers that as profanity. Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah, 1320 video, like Hoonigan to start with, like that whole... That, that's an empire. Those, those yeah. guys have an unbelievable budget. They've got their own compound. They've got... They've probably got... 20, 30, 40 people. All of these big channels, generally, I mean, there's a lot of big Russian channels, but a lot of them are in the States. Yeah. There's not, realistically, there's not that many huge automotive channels in Australia. Yeah. Mighty Car Mods is is a big exception. Yeah. They've killed it. You you think of racing in Australia as well, um, and take circuit racing evidence, just think about drag racing. Um, Australia really has probably four big drag racing circuits, one in Perth, um, one in Melbourne, 
one in Sydney and one in Brisbane, or not even in Brisbane. It's like an hour plus out of Brisbane. The Sydney one's sort of an hour so, west in Sydney. Yeah, they're so separated by distance. Yeah, I mean, it, and of those four racetracks, yeah, this is a ge- geographically Australia is a massive country. So for for us, we're in Melbourne. So for us to drive to Sydney, that's eight hours one way. Mm. To drive to Brisbane is twenty four hours non-stop, 30 plus hours to get to the track. If we were to drive to Perth, that's a 40 hour trip. Yeah, so um, imagine you're driving, I'm just gonna do a road trip from say, Brisbane to Perth. Yeah. Yeah, you can't, you'd be, you'd, be, you'd be doing it for yeah. weeks. And that's some pretty serious, uh, it's not like the States where you drive five kilometers and there's another town, town or whatever, like you drive across Australia, there is nothing. nothing. No, yeah. I mean, I, I, I did the um, Darwin to Adelaide drive a few years ago and it makes you realize there's not much there. Yeah, there's nothing out there. I mean, the issue is Webell's based in Melbourne, uh, and there's just not a heap of racing. No, um, there's it's just not a heap of racing. And, yeah, and there hasn't been a lot of racing historically for about the last 15 years mm. in Melbourne. Um, not consistent. No, yeah. and, and it's yeah. been a, a real a real dry spell in, in consistent racing. So people who are maybe on the, you know, on the edge of, of building a, a decent, fast car, and then that snowballs into something, they haven't had that opportunity to you know, progress with their cars and snowball and get into the sport. Whereas Sydney's pretty consistent. They've got a big street scene, a lot of cars. Uh, and and Brisbane sort of um, so much in, in that Queensland sort of scene. But um, the the car scene in in Melbourne, there's a lot of street cars, but there's some guys with drift cars and that. But the volume of cars from when I was um, coming into the scene, when Calder Park was on every second Friday night and then on oh, Sundays nice. and the weekends, compared to that now, yeah. I mean, it, it would be like having AFL and there being no local football levels to yeah. play with. Sooner or later, people aren't going to be playing the sport. But the um, ones that the cars that do get built here too, they end up racing in Sydney. So we don't, they're Melbourne cars and we know the owners and we unfortunately yeah. don't get to film them. Much. Yeah, it's very difficult. We can't just, I mean, I'm sure somewhere down in like Texas, there's a heap of racetracks everywhere and, you know, we on We've a positive got, note, though, our local track supposedly is going to be resurfaced. Yeah, still um, waiting for it. I don't know if it's soon. Being has it already been resurfaced, or I is don't it, believe so. Has it started okay. to be. Well, all all you can do is say, well, hopefully it is, and that happens. But if that happens, you know that that'll be great. But yeah, the track being resurfaced is a lot of it's out of thing. control. Um, it actually being open and being available to be raced on is probably another. So, um, I mean, ideal ideal scenario here would be that the government actually purchased the facility back off Jane Corp and, and does something with it, gives it back to, you yeah, know, opens up to the that, public that, and does That will that. never happen so, in Melbourne. No. Because they just look at us and say, you've already got a track. Yeah. It doesn't matter what condition it's in. What mm. the state of it is, but it doesn't it doesn't matter. You've got a track. It's, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're screwed either way, so. That's it. So, yes, we do, we do our best, but... People don't realise, you know, a lot of people don't realise the time involved and just making some sort of simple video. You know, you could spend 20 hours on a, overall shooting and editing it that goes for five minutes and it gets three views. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's, it's, it's hard to work out. I mean, there's no, there's no secret to what makes a viral video or what, or what gets a lot of views. So, I mean, <clears throat> we did... You did a video on Jason's... Street Barrow Streetco's yeah. XD, and that video is on like three quarters of a million views right now. And then there's also that come out a month later, six weeks later, um, the Speed Pro XD, similar kind of car, similar engine, similar kind of theme, similar kind of tire. It's not a sleeper though. 
Uh, Big difference. Sleep, I still need sleep from the top. But mm. that video is on about 60,000 views, I think, now, as, as we're recording this. So, I mean, the difference there is, you know, Massive. huge. Yeah. And what's the difference in the video? So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to work out what people want to see because realistically, those videos are both almost very, very similar. And a heap of people have seen one and not many people have seen another. So what do you keep, you know, what do you, what do you film next time? What do you keep on doing? We're always trying to do different things and, and bring different things to the audience, but it makes it tough to, to know what everyone wants to see. So, so a few, quite a few people have asked me over the last, I don't know, five years, what happened to the Full Boost Records list? Oh, the old top tens. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I, I was responsible for coding all that up back in the day when I used to be more of a programmer back when there was no WordPress. That was a, a big deal back in the day. I would, I remember at least once a week, I would get a phone call from either a workshop or an owner complaining that someone else's car didn't meet the rules. And in the end, I just got so over it. I was just yeah. like, I, yeah. honestly, I don't care. Yeah. I don't, I do not care. Like, what do you do? Like, no, you're referring no to more the rotary stuff though, wasn't it? Well, not necessarily. Even the V, actually the VL, VL was turbos. a, the VL was a, XR6 political football. Yeah. All those cars are political. The, the but, hardest but they were so popular, like not blowing our own trumpet, but the rotary the small tire rotary list rotary list, the untubbed back then it was called. That that ended up becoming an official racing class. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's there's no denying that that untubbed rotary list um, is what helped goals grow the sport, the sport compact sport of what you know was Jamboree and that today. And the racing class of Street 289 and small tyre racing um, really gained popularity in competition via the the untubbed list on, on full boost. And I mean, everyone knew that list. And, and it's really where that Osmod sort of uh, class grew out of and then transitioned to the Street 289. Yeah, yeah. We're seeing that class, what happens with a lot of racing classes is they, they reach a peak and then they evolve and then they mm. sort of go away. So Street 289, 28.9 class is sort of moving on a bit. I think radials have mm, really radials started to, to yeah. ramp up. And I think Jamboree have missed the mark a bit there. They've been a bit slow to react with that. So you've you've seen a lot of guys now that previously were racing in Street 289 have started racing in a class in their modified 10.5 where they're actually 289 legal. However, they're now racing with a... 235 radial or a 255 radial or whatever because they want to run the radials because the radials are proven to be really quick and, and pretty safe. And that class is just sort of dying a death. Um, and they recently changed the rules to be 26, eight and a half radials okay, but a 28, mm. nine pro radial isn't okay. It's still very murky. The, the, that's not the reason though why we stopped updating them. The main reason is because we relied on people. You had to submit a time slip, not just this guy ran a 9.5, why is he in the list? Well, Oh, that was flat out. Why, why is, he, why why is this car not on the list? Well, they haven't contacted us. It's up to the owner. We're not, cha we're not chasing the owners. We don't no, know no. what's going on every week. Especially interstate. I mean, there was one, it was a lot easier for cars running in our local state, but especially interstate cars, it was, it, it was relying on the owner really to submit a time slip. And if they didn't, we just put them in, didn't put them in the list. And we just got a bit over chasing it all. It was yeah. a lot of work, oh, yeah, actually of trying was, yeah. to oh, just then, manage them. If you had the, about 10 different lists. If you're the one putting up a list as well, then you're the one that's responsible for it. As in like if someone's car doesn't mean a class, they just say it's like, oh, you have a tire class and it's a yeah. 235 list and someone happens to run a time on a 255, then people just, it's like your fault. Mm -hmm. oh, you, oh, that's not legal. Oh, you guys, are, oh, but the and whole list is then Unfortunately, void. some people did lie about their cars. Oh, of course. Mm. Yeah, well, so it's, in, it's motorsports yeah. racing. Everyone wants to swing the big dick. 
in the and there was always like this car say it's all methanol like how would i know that it's in queensland yeah but then in the end i thought the only thing you can police on a car really is tires tires that's it and the rest of it just i don't care about it the the biggest load of the, the biggest thing that i cannot stand when it comes to classes or people talking about cars is the word street that is the it's just the dumbest thing it's, it's Every, unpoliceable. Everything is street league. Everything's street trim. I remember street the, trim. the worst was um, APSA, um, RIP. Uh, that's that's been gone and done because they just, again, over-policed themselves and just didn't move with the times as well. They had true street. And if you didn't run two headlights, not a street car. So you'd have cars like VL turbos or turbo cars that always take the headlight out because the turbo's right there. And that would just be illegal for that category, like just dumb that, little that rules. That was illegal, like, but you could have like a ten-inch cow. You could have a you, you could have a mountain motor in the thing. You could have a nine hundred cubic inch V eight with half the firewall. So you're running you're running the OE engine factory yeah. engine block in the yeah. car, but you're missing a headlight. So yeah, I, I remember I worked at an automotive um, performance parts wholesaler, one of the biggest in uh, the country back in those days, and and there was uh, people involved in that business were uh, and customers were right into that and. Uh, APSA honestly was run by, not run by, but the rules were designed and the racing was designed about around the old school carburetor Neanderthals. Yeah. When turbos come in and when EFI come in, these guys literally shit the bed. Mm. They, they, they were panicking about, they started talking about like 88 mil turbos and this and they had no idea what the hell they were yeah, talking about. Yeah. And they were trying to do, they were, they were the guys who were like, oh, I'm going to get the verniers out every time a turbo car does a pass and measure the front. Well, they, had, they literally had no clue. And um and the classes aren't around anymore. But the honestly. problem with those cars is, I, well. from an yeah, outsider noticing, if you, I could run a car and I could be say, twelfth quickest in that class. I'm not in, in the top ten, but my car is way illegal. But no one said anything. Yeah. Until all of a sudden you progress the car and you you might you know be knocking on the door of the top three and all of a sudden hey hey this car's illegal. It's like, yeah. Well, it was always illegal. Why didn't it get yeah. pinged? Just because it wasn't in the top three? Yeah, it's like some of the Street 289 cars. Um, I mean, it was clear in, there, the, in the rules. You weren't meant to remove the rear wheel wheel, uh, uh, wheel tub. Firewall wasn't meant to be touching all this stuff. And then um, there was cars coming out with sectioned firewalls that probably didn't need it yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And, and depending on, honestly, there's some cars from certain workshops that are very critical to that business in terms of jamboree, in terms of promoting the car that without a doubt, if, you, if you're the right person and you're connected in the right way, stuff just gets swept under the rug because there's there's a few cars that over the years that aren't legal for certain classes. And if you're the right person, you just get a tick. And, oh, yeah. and that's what frustrates people about motorsport and racing that too, is that if you but know that, the that right just, people- That doesn't just happen in drag racing. That's- it, uh, All yeah. sports, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's like, a, like an AFL and like football and things like that, where the best players, if they off the field, they do, something wrong, they go, I oh, don't do that again. But Hodge, if, Hodge if, yeah. a couple of years. <laughs> if the, if the young fellow recruiter whoever does something wrong, they've got to make an example of this guy here out for the yeah, season or whatever, <laughs> you know? So um, you got the... nah, it happens everywhere. Well, I know we were talking a bit about Cordia turbos last episode, and there was a few comments. Who remembers Roger Cordia? Yeah, Roger Cordia here again. Better put the, uh, better, I've got a mic on. I can't do it. Remember he had the, the, the yeah. face covered? Oh, that's right. He had the face covered because he was hiding his identity. Because he was just the king trash talker. Oh, yeah. He was big time trash. He was ahead of his day when you look at him. He yeah. was like... But was he for he, real he was or like, was it just a troll? He was like the troll. Well, he had a Cordia and yeah. it had nothing done to it. But he basically said it made 
all this power and it was so fast and everyone was scared to race him. He had a full, his YouTube channel is still up. literally I'll, a fly. Out. Get out. Roger Cordia. Probably buzzing around my project. Yeah, that was a name. It brought back a few memories, some of the uh, comments there. Now, quite a few. Number one, I reckon, that people want to know is that picture. We were talking about your killer ZD Fairlane, the silver yeah. one. And there was a picture, basically, of the entire wheel missing. And it was put, in there, put in there and completely glossed over. And it was, <laughs> even when I saw it, I remember that. that was... So, backstory on that. I bought, um, obviously, we've known Jason um, for quite a while. And I had an RX-4 uh, that was on gas and sort of met Jason through just some organized meetups on the street to um, some private test meets in Mexico <laughs> test the limits of each other's cars I sort of met Jason quite a few of the guys uh, through there and then um, yeah there was a couple of guys who were like uh, turbo sixes and I thought oh, I'll I'd really like to do one in a nice comfortable big fairlane so I bought a big old fairlane and then after about two months I realized that this is, would be the worst idea known to man <laughs> just a death trap as if I want to turbocharge this thing but when you're young you have ideas like that um, so I drove it for about a year while I was building a VL and um, yeah, so I used to drive into the city and I didn't care about the car. Um, to get away with parking, I actually got, I parked in the city and there's not much parking in the city. So I went to Bunnings and I got these little letters to spell courier and I stuck them just on the, on the outside of the car. I just said C-O-U-R-I-L courier. And, uh, and I used to park in a loading Quite zone. Quite a few people used to do that. Yeah, and I used to park in a loading zone right outside the office because I worked sort of a night shift. So I parked there at five <laughs> and the, and the um, loading zone ended at six and I never got a fine. So that worked well. And then coming so to the- So is doing a lot of work. His car's just parked yeah. in the same spot. <laughs> the same spot every night for like two years. <laughs> That's uh, and then, yeah, it was coming to the end of the life of the car and um, I'd had a, I did one of the tires blow out or something the day before. So I had my spare on. And the spare must have probably never seen a light of day for however long, um, however many years. And I was driving down, uh, my now wife was down in Bendigo, which is probably an hour plus out of Melbourne. It was late at night, it was probably like 11.30 at night or something. And the spare blew out. Uh, and I just didn't care. So I knew this car was coming to the end of its life. Um, so you just keep driving it to me. Yeah, that I, yeah. I, I was at the edge of basically Bendigo of, of the township and uh, I started off driving probably at about 20 k's, just creeping it, creeping it, um, just driving really slow. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I just didn't care. <laughs> I was driving at like 60, 70 k's on three wheels. Uh, and it, the thing was, it was an aluminium wheel, so there's no sparks. So I didn't, I didn't actually know that, that, that at some point the tire had sort of grabbed um, the lower ball joint assembly and locked the wheel. Oh, so if you saw sparks, then you might If I saw sparks, I might have gone, oh, gee, sun's, on, sun's going on there. But I just assumed that the tire must have still been rotating, even though it was dead, uh, like dead flat and blown out. So you just, there was no suspension under there because there's no wheel lift. Yeah, so it ended up looking e like half eventually I did see sparks because it had ground the wheel down to well, it had ground the, the brake. Yeah, what's going? What's the, happening the, with the brakes? Yeah, so it's it's sparks started coming off, and I was about two k's away then, so um, just kept on driving, and it, yeah, ground down almost down to the bottom of the wheel nuts. So you, and it, did you it, actually made made it to where you wanted to yeah, go? Well, yeah, well, I wasn't going to stop. I had places to go, you know, people to see. So I was driving. I drove there, literally parked the car. And then um, the 
the police rang and said, oh, your car's been stolen. We found it. And I explained that. Has it uh, has been stolen? Yeah, I, I just said, oh, no, it hasn't been stolen. It's just uh, sort of sitting there. And, and, uh, and they said, oh, well, um, you're going to get a fine because it's parked there. And I said, oh, just tow it away, take it on. And they said, no, we can't. It's, uh, it's still registered. And I said, oh, okay. Um, I'll give you a call back in about half an hour and we can sort it out. So I just rang Vic Rhodes and said, I'd like to cancel the registration on this car. And I did, so I rang back the police and said, it's not registered anymore, it's not my car, you deal with it. And went back there in the weekend, grabbed everything of value, which was like the battery, and that was it. <laughs> and that was it, I just- Never saw it again. I never saw it again. I assumed that someone from the council come and took it away and towed it away and yeah, left it there. But yeah, that old bus served me well for about 18 months. I think um, I put- buying that? Yeah, I bought it for $800 with a Roadworthy from somewhere in, um, Faulkner. If anyone knows the car yards on in Faulkner, on like um, yeah, on Sydney Road, I'm sure it was fully legit that road <laughs> certificate. But that, um, that would have been a, this, the odometer just wound back a hundred thousand. Just I don't. I had digital. So this thing I was like it. oh, it was a, a Fairlane LTD or Fairlane uh, gear or whatever. So it um it had digital dash and you know digital stuff from back in the eighties. It didn't did work too. back they in had the eighties. Quite nice plush seats in it, didn't it? Yeah, they were like really nice big blue seats or whatever. But everything was flogged in it. I think at once I remember once I had um I got a photo of it somewhere. I'll try and find it. Um, I had all of my mates like in a Macca's car park sitting on the back of the car and basically the the rear sill of the car is touching the ground because it everything it just, this is everything was just killed in it the, the, it worked every third tank of petrol i'd fill it up with oil um and i think i put one alternator on it and it was like yeah reliable be more reliable than the vf so one question i get asked every time we do bench talk i even get private messages about what on facebook is about this oh you and this bloody skateboard this board if only the camera was rolling before when you were tempted to. <laughs> I came in here and thought, oh yeah, I'll try, a, I'll try a bit of an ollie. No worries, ended up in my ass. Old oh, mate Tony Hawk just went A over T. Look at this, the bearings the doesn't even spin. No. So what, this... What, what vintage is this? This is a nine... This is an, what do you call them, an OG. 1986 Santa Cruz Jeff Kendall graffiti deck. I bought this in 1988. People keep asking to buy it but it's not for sale. No. Did you ride that back in the day? Yeah, yeah. This you didn't do much bike. grinding on that. I can see the uh, skid, skid. Oh no, the, these, are, uh, these are new independent trucks. Well, they were new before I... These would have been swapped out over the life. Yeah, yeah. So you if you, you go through a few used of these. to wear uh, like a big independent shirt and your hat on backwards and like... Vision Streetwear, Dickies. my friend. <laughs> Vision <laughs> Streetwear. Yeah, so I bought this off my neighbour in, I think, I was trying to work it out. It would have been like at the, maybe at the start of 89. Late 88, 89. You'd be graffitiing the Stussy S onto your yeah. pencil case. You can buy, I looked up on the internet actually, you can buy re repo ones. Repo ones, they're yeah. about um, new, they're about 150 bucks. I don't know what this is worth. Anyway, the problem is this was it's pretty in, hacked up. Yeah, there's a story. This was in pretty good condition even when I stopped skating with it. I think you're overinflating this story. I don't reckon it would have been in that good condition. It was in all right Come condition. On. And then when I was, I don't know, maybe 21, we had a bit of a house party. And this, this sat, this sat like in my bedroom, like just on the, on the wall. I didn't use it though. I'd sort of stopped skating at that point. I skated a fair bit when I was younger, but I'd stopped skating at this point. I get up, the, the, the board's missing. I walk out, where's my goddamn skateboard? Oh yeah, my mate Wally, he, he took it home. I just say, oh my God. Like this, so this guy's drunk and we, we're in Glen Waverley in Melbourne and he lives in like one centre south. How far is that away? I don't know, that's at least 10 kilometres yeah, on a no, skateboard. No, I, don't know. I don't know how he managed that. Anyway, I've, this guy can't skate. And look, see this mud? 
I've never cleaned it. <laughs> and it, all this was trashed. Yeah, like he's wrecked all the sides. But it's like, what do you do, man? I don't think when he. I think later on he realised this wasn't like a two dollar board from uh, Kmart. So um, yeah, there's no point in selling it. What's it, what's it? What honestly? What would something like this be worth? Nothing. It's just an heirloom. I'm, I've I've got a newer Santa Cruz. When I say newer, a bit newer than that. But it, I bought it new and. We want to put it on the bench talk set, and I don't know where it is. It'll fish out. We'll fish it out somewhere, but you may see it on bench talk one oh, day. Oh, you said it might have been your storage shed. Yeah, I, I wasn't a skateboarder. I was a, a mighty duck. So it was rollerblader. Rollerblades. Oh, God. Yeah. No, this was like honestly for about five years of my life. This is all I did. Obsessed with it. Yeah, I have no balance, so I couldn't do either really very well. I'm completely and utterly unco. It's like anything you need practice, and you need a balls. Like when you're young on a ramp, yeah. it's pretty intimidating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to have courage to do it because you know you're always going to end up AMT at some point. But that, that's that non non eventful story. Uh, what else we got? Oh, a lot of people um, constantly ask me. Not that I'm probably not the right person to ask, but even asked it a few times in this video. What is a good rely? I mean, Jesus, what is it? Pick the three things. You can only was it fast, cheap, uh, reliable? Fast, you can cheap, only cheap. You can only pick two. Yeah. So they they want everything. Yeah. What's a fast, cheap, reliable project car? Project car. Two mm. K barra. Two K barra. Exactly. Obviously. It's the obvious answer. Two K barra. But so it depends what you want it for. What do you do want, you want it for? Go, you want it to Do you want it to handle? Do you want, do you want it? To, do you want just a fast street car? I know. Do you want a drift car? Do you want a drag racing car? Do you want to go? And also racing? people's people's um version of budget is completely you know my version well, of a budget now when at my age now versus when i was 18 are two very different yeah, things people's but isn't it also what type of car you like i yeah uh i like i generally like small manual kind of good handling cars right yeah french cars so it's unlikely i'm going to buy a freaking ba falcon and, right and people's so, idea of fast is different too yeah, so i mean yeah. if, if i'm building a drag racing car um you know these days tens Ten, a 10 second car, and people understand it. Most people sit back and look, oh, geez, only runs like 1030s. Right, that, that mustn't be very quick. They're the type of people that drive uh, Hyundai Gets that runs like 20s, and they don't understand how fast yeah. like a low 10 second car actually is. But to me, if I'm building a drag racing car and someone says, oh, I want to build something that's really quick, well, then it has to run an eight. Like a really, but it's really also quick that, car. That's what you just eight. said then. Like, it's too, like a 10 second for some, you know, I've, I've luckily been in a lot of quick cars, but something like an XR6, say, yeah, that runs 10s. Yeah, it, don't get me wrong, it is fast, but it doesn't feel like, say, a small car where you're actually shifting gears to a 10-second no. pass. Feels yeah. yeah, it depends, how, it depends how fast. Depends on the type of car as well. How, yeah, how stable cars, cars are when you race them, race them too. So, like, small tyre things, like this Mazda, yeah. weighs nothing and it's on uh, slicks, moves around a fair bit. Uh, it doesn't feel as, as aggressive when you're driving it, but from the outside, it looks like it it's a fair It always looks worse on the, on the, on the, from yeah. the rear when you watch they, the They car. look like a pretty wild ride. So, I mean, that thing run 147 mile an hour and that, it's it's quick. It's it's a fast car. But, um, you know, to some people who've got a faster car, it's slow. And people yeah. who have got slower cars, it's probably really fast. So, it just depends on what your definition of fast is. And then, yeah, I think that if you, want, if you want to have fun, not that anything's a budget, but... One good thing about doing a track day, you don't necessarily need a high horsepower fast car no, not to have a fun day. Yeah. The, power, the power is actually probably the, the least important yeah. thing. Tyres yeah. so and brakes are the Tires only brakes and the driver. And the driver. And yeah. the tyres and brakes, how the car stops in corners is far more important. That's where you'll... That's where you'll but I mean, you can take a, 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 you know, say like your um, 
killer reno. You can take a standard car like that and kind of have a fun day out. You don't have to have something no, yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah. So it depends exactly what sort of motorsport you want to do. If you do a lot of these kids, are, I think, are more referring to street yeah. car. And that, like it's when, even when we make a video and it'll say this, you know, this is street driven, whatever. That's not street legal. Well, we never said it was street legal. We just no. said it's registered and on it drives street, on yeah. the street. Yeah. Two very different things. You're not going to find too many, there's not probably not too many, say, sub 10 second cars that you can't pick something on that car that's not legal. You know, um, that's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, if cars, I mean, I'm sure that, uh, most of those cars have probably got fuel system, probably got surge tanks. I'm sure, but surge tanks aren't ADR compliant. Having like a secondary fuel system throughout your car, stuff oh, in, in, in the, the stuff in the like booth. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After, like an aftermarket fuel rig. Even, oh, that doesn't, um, that wouldn't meet some kind of ADR emission spec. Like that's done. As soon as you put a tune in a car, yeah. that's it. Mm. It's not not really not, not realistically, really, it's realistically. not it's not legal anymore. But even little things like he was looking at putting a um, you know an air um, an air separator like a catch can. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people don't realise they've got a, a a filter on the top venting to atmosphere. That's not legal. Yeah. Well, I, and yeah. I and I I'm, I'm fussy about stuff too. Yeah. I think I don't want a car that smells coming out of it. And, and yeah, to make it legal, it needs yeah. to recirculate back but in. All these little things people don't like. Even my blow off valve on my Subaru, it's wound up so tight it doesn't even hardly work, but it doesn't recirculate. That's illegal. Everything's freaking illegal. Especially you know? in Melbourne, communist state of Victoria, everything is illegal. I get a lot of people asking me, because obviously, uh, you know, I used to do a lot of magazine work back in the day as well as the stuff we do now. The internet wasn't serious business back then. No. no, but my name is in magazines, and if you see Luke Oxley, it is me. Um, I've kept some of those magazines, but for the most part, they're all finished. But yeah, I, I did that for a long time. Um, I started doing work for uh, Fast Fours, but that was because we did full, full boost. boost. Well, it was Boost back then, well, back in the day. But we used to supply um, some of the magazine's photos because I, I went out and bought a five megapixel digital camera, which was five. That was back then. I think I paid three grand back then for a Sony digital camera. I've still got it. Yeah, so I started doing one thing led to another, and, and I was writing. I used to write a lot of articles. I'd write two, three, four a week. If the car shoots. was green, was your go-to title green with envy? <laughs> <laughs> I, I reckon if I ever read Street Machine, that that one would have been orange, ancient orange. Performance Just car build-ups. Used the to do a bit same of work for title them. for every single color. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I did heaps of work for Fast Fours. We had our own... Um, like an eight-page column in the back and everything. That was. But it went from the yeah. point you were solely a photographer, and then very quickly you basically just almost not overnight, but you transitioned into video and you well, basically haven't taken a photo well, again. Well, have you? One thing I used to do like heaps of photo shoots, especially summertime. I'd be doing on the weekends. I could do four to five on a weekend. You know, you do two or three a day type thing because you could use the sunrise and sunset and so forth. It got to the point though, it was easier earlier on, but you know, you, you could be in the middle of nowhere with a photo shoot and not have some lights or whatever set up and people, people would drive, you know, we might be on the wrong side of the road, but we are in the middle of nowhere, right? People would just drive up and stop. And then they'd go, excuse me, you're blocking the road. And we'd be like, oh yeah, no problem, just drive around us. And they'd just be like, like, I can't do that, that's illegal. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, we're in a side street, but then also like you'd start doing photo shoots around the city, security would turn up, have you got a permit? Have you I got a bit over the weekend. You don't need to do photo shoots anymore anyway, because everyone's got one of these and mm. like that just means you're a pro photographer. Mm. So and, hey, everyone You did it wrong, you gotta have it vertical. Of course. You've also you've got to have a Facebook page and a and a watermark that says something something photography. photography. Yeah. That means see, you're yeah. a legit photographer. I could see the writing was on the wall with the print industry. Yeah. Look, and when oh. you start seeing, it's the biggest um, fact was when you started seeing, you know, women's magazines closing because mm. they buy magazines ten to one to, to men. They were closing, but it wasn't just that. I was I'd done it for like ten years. I was sick of it. Yeah, oh, the, the print magazine industry is completely cooked. It's like the the normal print, like newspaper. Um, what magazine? Hey, what auto? Done. Honestly, what auto magazines are out now? Like you've got Street Machine. It's I, still I reckon you, you have a you look got at wheels, the, wheels and motor. Barely. But they're all, the motor exists they're still. Owned by Bauer I reckon Media. the only ones going still would be like Caravanning Australia and Four by Four Australia, where a majority of people buying them are grey nomads mm. who probably are still, you know, they're sitting well, they, in a caravan park. Yeah, they've always outsold and, and flicking through. They, those magazines always yeah. outsold the Gard- stuff we do. Gardening Australia, four by four, whatever, and caravanning in Australia would be these people who are like, they're they're just they're, you know they're they're waiting to. Um, but I'm, t- I'm talking about the more of the stuff we corner. follow, like yeah. aftermarket oh, nothing, car stuff. What, what what is out there still? Like I, I actually don't, don't even know. I've never been is a it, big magazine person. What well, would well, you anyway. know? As if you'd be in the news agency and you go. I'm going to go look at the magazine section. Because Express Publications had, they had like Street Forward, Street Commodore, Zoom. They, Federal used to have Fast Fours and stuff, but Express Publications basically bought a lot of titles. Yeah. So at one stage, they had like 12 or 14 automotive titles. And they closed a few, um, like they bought Zoom, stuff yep. like that, magazine. But then they closed in one go, they closed like nine yeah. titles. Or I used something. to like, I, <clears throat> I've... I've never liked that auto salon scene, but I've also never liked um, the opposite of that sort of the really showy sort of scene uh, of the like really, <laughs> really nice looking cars, as you can see by some of the projects. They're not like the, <laughs> the nicest looking <clears throat> things. So whilst I didn't like hot fours, I also didn't like street machine for the same reason. Like those cars were polished, like that top 60 elite stuff that's in street machine. I, I don't, it just doesn't connect with me. And I've never really read, I, I don't, I don't really like it. That's why I like Zoom. Absolutely nothing against Strip Machine. Um, I like their gear, but there's the the print, what they put out print versus say what they do online. What they do online, it's, it's two very, very different, different beasts, mm. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if that's because the the audience for that reach Strip yeah. Machine, like the people who are watching mm. those, reading those caravan magazines and whatever, mm. haven't transitioned to online yet. That maybe they're in like, yeah, they're building the content now because well, they know yeah. they probably know. Yeah. What would happen if they put that Barina on the front cover of Street Machine magazine next month? Yeah, like that would be the end of the magazine because but they online, know the it's demographic. Online, people love the, those yeah. build, build up cars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they, they almost know, you know, you know what people want to watch, sort of watch online. But in their print magazine, yeah. they're very, very. It's very niche. It's mm. very, you know, that the people are watching. That's probably, catering to the um, their old audience, I guess. Yeah, and it's probably. The, yeah, it's it's you know it's. Thought, well, I'm gonna typecast myself here, even though I'm not the one reading, but thongs, shorts, blue wife beater, VB stubby in hand, uh, and small block chev in the garage on an engine stand with a HK Holden 
waiting for it to go into it. That's that's their that's their readership um, of that magazine, and that's why I've never really read it because I wasn't interested. Big, big, I mean, a lot of people tend to build cars they grew up in their childhood, right? Yeah, but yeah. that's that's so, different. So you're into rotaries. If you'd grown up, well, if you'd grown I, I, up like, putting I, a small block in a Tirana, you you you. hundred percent. It's not that I, I, I like rotaries and that. I, I like it's more I like technology. So I like EFI. I like turbos. I like it a lot. You know, I don't like I like superchargers, but I don't like six seventy one root style superchargers. No, I like, like a pro charger or something. So I like advancements in technology. Whereas that mag is like the guy from who built the car in the seventies. And maybe there's, there's a little bit of stuff that creeps in, but I, I don't... But you've I, also I, got another issue. Like a lot of people who, who, <coughs> who are into, say, oh, whatever, Tirana, Ford, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, they've had these cars for 25 years. Whereas a young bloke now, it's become pretty unaffordable. Oh, like yeah, just well, to, to get into a car. Even now, myself, like, like I'm stuff. in my, you know, late, you know, if you, late you like 30s. The old Mazda I can't stuff. go on. Like if, if I wanted to go buy a Project RX4, that's a bit ratty and a bit worn down and needs a lot of work. It's like 30K, like a, a 30, start, 30 yeah. 40K entry point mm. into then doing a car. You'll be 100K in the hole in no time. And that's why the finished project versions of them that are like immaculate are selling for 100 to 80 to 120 because, you know, if people want to buy them, they buy them. That's why XY, GDHO, Phase 3 or whatever is worth a quarter of a million dollars. Um, yeah. because See, I'm, I'm probably more likely to do, I, I probably would rather just buy someone's finished project. Yeah. It's also time too. And if you yeah. don't have the skills, you, you do it at home or like yourself. But if you're relying on people, it takes forever and you think, I just want the car. Oh, like, yeah, I mean, without a doubt. I mean, it, not waiting two years to get built. Yeah, and it's the reason why I do everything here. But it's also like you just said, you're like that $80,000 Mazda realistically probably owes the guy one hundred and fifty. Yeah. So yep. you're never, you're never going to build it cheaper. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, there's enough content online now and enough stuff and that I, I can't... It, it, it boggles the mind that people still buy a magazine, and and it must just be that's probably I'm sure if they but look, you look at, at the you look at the advertising age, you look at the advertising side of it like if you're you can offer an advertiser hey you know we can put your product in print yeah and digital like that is that yeah. is a big selling point still. oh yeah without a doubt but I mean we'll justify the readership though yeah I mean if you look at like mm. if you look at just stats I mean because all the stats are uh, are open um, you can get the numbers over the internet to see what that is. I'm pretty sure the biggest print magazines are hundreds, a couple hundred thousand. If that, that's 12 month view readership in that. You look at our YouTube channel and it's like two but million. But I think, I think a lot of a those, month. a lot of those um, magazine stats are based on say two or three people reading that magazine. Yeah. It's obviously not, not just that it's been, one, one's been sold. No, they don't just base it off sales. Yeah. I, I don't, from back in the day, I remember But I mean, how do you realistically they're just guessing. That's yeah. like TV. That's TV, like oh, TV. TV no, TV's far worse. Yeah, TV's nonsense. I remember when that someone They cherry-pick the people who actually yeah. do the ratings. Someone was having an argument about like SBS's coverage for like, I think it was whatever it was on drag racing on there or on Speed Week and how great that there was and, and how many people were seeing it. And it was just well, yeah, nonsense. That made up. They're just made up the numbers beauty about by a very the on, small demographic. The online... Um, viewing anything online, the data is there to back it up and it's 100% accurate. You can yeah. see straight away how many people have actually streamed this service. Yeah. Like the stats this are- is still in the way. I know. It's probably, it's worse than the most annoying. Get out. Still anyway, I think that's enough crapping on. I don't even know why oh. I was sitting here. I didn't say what. Yeah, I noticed that. Why are you in the middle? It's just to sell 2K Barra t-shirts. Uh, it's a giant billboard. That's all you're worth for the whole lot.
So if you like Jordo's 2K Barrett t-shirt, hey, this is phase one. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna design a better one. Okay. Is it, is you know, do some stickers as well. Is it just a sample? It's just a BA, so next one will be a BF. You update. know, you know, the original one I started doing had an AU just to take the piss, but then then he's like, they didn't even come with a barrel, you idiot. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Two K intact does. It probably does a lot. Uh, yeah. You can buy a series sort of an early high kilometre XR6 now quite cheap. Yeah, mm. maybe we need to buy a two K barrel. No, we've got to get it into the eights for two K. Oh, I know. And we probably oh, could because yeah. we could just shill our way there. Couldn't yeah. We? Please, sir, want some more. <laughs> anyway, if there's anything you want us to talk about, drop a line in the comments and we'll do our best. But I don't reckon you'd top that story about you with that wheel brimming. That's, um, I'll try and find the, some photos. That's outrageous. I don't even think I would have done that back in the day. I'd probably still do it now. Yeah, ridiculous. The first thing, I, when I saw the photo, I thought, it's like a giant half moon that you put on the cylinder head. Well, like, you should have. Like, it's just the shape the of it is so funny. I should have. I, I was going to actually try and take it off, but I couldn't get a jack under the car because it was pancake to the pavement. So, just reminds me of that Steven Seagal movie, wasn't it? Is it out for justice when he's driving around the? You, re you reckon you wouldn't even like penetrate to, to stick that thing off? It would have been like a welded on. Oh well, imagine the heat in there. <laughs> anyway, built for That's enough. We'll see you next time.